Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. had a bad day sure we all have has daniel powder's 2005 hit bad day ever made that day better or has it only served to make it that much worse this week we're joined by rapper lex the lexicon artist to answer this question and help us decide if this canadian singer-songwriter deserved a few more good days on the billboard charts Are you having a bad day or a good day so far today? My day just started, so no positive or negative assessment. But okay. I think it's going to be like above average. Good. All right. Good. Yeah, not, so not far, a... because I actually had a pretty good night of sleep, which is kind of rare. That's nice. I never have those because I have pets who wake me up at least one time in the night because my cats are fighting and then my dog whines at like... 5.30 in the morning because he wants treats and I never, never get a good night of sleep, but that's okay. That's the price you pay, I guess. It's kind of troubling. Yeah, a little <laughs> I bit. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's the price you pay having three pets and sleeping on the couch every night. But anyway, I managed to have good days most days regardless, and I don't so much know if Daniel Powder's song Bad Day is part of that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that hearing Daniel Powder's song Bad Day would necessarily add to my enjoyment of the day would you disagree with that? i would disagree 
I really like this song. You're a fan. Wow. <laughs> I decided um, when I got the list from Matt, there were a couple of ones in the running that made my short list. But when I saw this one, I was like, oh, you haven't talked about this one yet? Hmm. What's your history with this song? My history with this song is, I believe it was 2006. So I was a preteen. And that time is usually a really malleable time for like people to develop their music taste. That was around the time I started listening to hip hop, which obviously you see where that's gone now. But in 2006, that was the year when the song Daniel Powder's Bad Day really hit the mainstream, I remember. And it was just playing on Taiwanese radio all the time. All the time, all the time. I don't even remember if it was part of any movie. And I think it might have been. I don't think it was. I think it was just so overplayed on the radio. But it was played overplayed in a way that I, I never got sick of it. I think because I was a preteen and I was moody and, you know, things at school weren't always the best for me. It just really resonated with me. And I actually went, did go through this phase when I listened to everything else that he recorded. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. A true powder head. <laughs> you didn't expect it, but as soon as I saw that song, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this guy. I like went through his discography. Well, yeah, literally I sent Lex the whole list of like, here's like a hundred songs that we haven't talked about yet, but we want to talk about. Let's say it was like 10 at night. It was like 10.05 all right, I'll look over this and send you a pic sometime tomorrow. And then it was like 10.07. Never mind, we're doing bad day. Like it was like... like, Well, I got to tell you why right from the start here, I love that you picked this song, regardless of my feelings on the actual song. I love that you picked this because it was named the one hit wonder of the decade by, Mm. by Billboard. And... Matt, we finally got some sort of definition. Yes. Matt, Matt <laughs> sent me a definition that Billboard describes a one-hit wonder as any act whose follow-up singles don't break the top 25. Never before have we had any sort of set-in-stone parameters. It was kind of Matt and I, sometimes it's a real stretch calling a song a one-hit wonder, either A, because the song itself wasn't a hit, in itself or B they had some follow-up single that we don't really remember that much, but was kind of in the top 25, but this is the definition of a one hit wonder. So good job on, on the choice for that. Hey, reason. thank you. <laughs> you know, the weird thing about this is that I, I, I looked this up, you know, I did a little bit of research. And I was like, well, I got to talk about this song. It's so funny because the follow-up single was free loop. I actually feel like that song stuck in my head more than Bad Day. And it was actually quite a success in Taiwan as well. Like I remember that being played quite often. And I know that the definition is that that one didn't crack the top 20, uh, 25, but I believe it did crack the top 30. And for some reason like that, still exists in my memory. And I went back and listened to the song Free Loop. I was like, yeah, like I don't think I'm ever going to forget this song because it's, you know, it's got this very memorable like piano solo and I don't know, there's just something about the emotion of those two songs that really brings me back to that time where things were a little bit simpler, but at the same time I was moody and being a preteen. Free Loop did, there's a lot of other singles in Daniel's career that did a lot better in his home country of Canada and in Europe, but the States, there was 
not really nothing. <laughs> no, yeah. no memorable mark left during that time. Interesting. Yeah, I definitely recall it being popular in Taiwan. So maybe that was one of the countries where he actually did do better. Yeah. And you had also mentioned you weren't sure if it was in a movie or something. Obviously, in the States, it was like the song of American Idol for for a couple years. It was ah. like every time someone got eliminated, they would play Bad Day as they exited the show. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. I, I did watch American Idol during that time. <laughs> so yeah. that, yeah, that's what it was. What your connection was? It also said that in Europe, it was used for a bunch of Coca Cola commercials at the time. Wow, fun! I feel like if I was Coke, I wouldn't want a song called "Bad Day" being like what people think of when they're drinking a Coca Cola. But I guess it was very successful well, in Europe. For well, them. what was the point? Was it the point that if you were having a bad day, you cracked open a can of syrupy coke and slugged it down and you you felt better for two seconds and you got a stomach ache well this was only in europe so i don't know we'll have to try oh. to track down some european coca-cola commercials circa 2005 and solve that mystery yeah right. another thing matt that i wanted to talk about a, a little bit with this is you mentioned this was used on a American Idol a good bit? Yeah. Was he a contestant on American Idol? No. So this song started to get popular and they used it for the elimination song every single time someone got eliminated. And it was so iconic to American Idol. They started doing that in season five that the season five finale featured a live performance from Daniel Powder performing Bad Day. That's amazing. (laughs) Which I don't know how I feel about Daniel Powder. I'll start with that. But his history, like the little bit of his history before blowing up, I thought was so charming and interesting that like he started playing violin at four and a bunch of bullies when he was 16 smashed up his violin. So he just taught himself piano and then dropped out of college because he couldn't read music because he was dyslexic. So he just taught himself by ear how to play piano and all of these instruments. I had a a grandfather who only played by ear, and I I think that that's a really cool skill set to just like hear a song and then immediately be able to pick up the instrument and play that song just by listening to it, I think is a very impressive skill set that I lack. I think I'm seeing why I connected with him so much. (laughs) We basically had the same childhood. (laughs) Played violin starting when I was eight, uh, and I also was bullied a lot, but not in that way. I also am very heavily dependent on my ear as a musician. Oh, there you go. My problem with Daniel Powder, I'll say it right now, is that he sounds like a perfectly capable songwriter, musician, whatever. Just every song, I listen to all the hits. I listen to Free Loop. I listen to Jimmy Gets High. I listen to Mm -hmm. Lie to Me. And... (laughs) None of these songs rock. I mean, Bad Day is <laughs> Bad Day is the closest thing to rocking. And I'm not when I say they don't rock, I don't mean that a song has to be like loud guitars and loud drums. That's not necessarily what I mean. You could just be sitting behind a piano and you could be playing a sad song and it could still rock. I'm just not feeling it with this dude. Overdoing the falsetto, like I feel like a well-placed falsetto vocal is great. It's it's effective, but this dude just goes to it so much and just yep. it's just his song sounds so weak and lazy. It is not surprising to me one bit that this dude did not have another hit. Now, Lex, I know you had you were younger and you had some you have some nostalgia attached to this. Mm-hmm. Now, I was a full grown adult when this song came out and I found it nothing but annoying. 
I still mm. find it. I still find it annoying, and it's no surprise to me that this guy didn't have another hit. No, uh, I respect that opinion, hundred yeah. percent. I'll tell yeah. you where my biggest beef with Daniel Powder is. I know it's going to be oh. too. Go ahead. <laughs> I also have beef, I guess, but like you know, and understanding why he didn't you uh, get more hits, but I'll save that until Matt's. He had the audacity. I know the audacity <laughs> to turn down a Weird Al parody. Weird Al approached him to do a parody of the song called Had a Bad Date. And Daniel Powder was like, nah, I'm good. And then later tried to recant it and go back to (laughs) Al and say, you know what? I've changed my mind. And Al told him, sorry, dude, but that train has left the station (laughs) because he had recorded in instead of bed, which almost I should be thankful for Daniel Powder, because instead of getting bad date, we got white and nerdy from Weird Al instead. That was the song he recorded instead of doing bad date when he was declined but like daniel powder is now among prince and paul mccartney for people who've said no to weird al parodies wow prince you know prince and paul mccartney had some room to be like no we're we're good on that daniel powder should have been like elated and jumping up and down like like any of us would be if Weird Al wanted to parody one of our <laughs> one of our songs. This dude was lucky to have a hit whatsoever. That is a major strike against him. I'm, that, <laughs> that that might be the biggest strike against somebody ever. I that's know. if I mean I know we talk about thunder and blunder, but I'll say that that's the most blunderous thing an artist on our podcast has ever done. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> you you're not exaggerating. That is that may have you know helped his career a little bit. Yeah, I was like, how dare you? <laughs> Yeah, I will say that Weird Al is the reason I know about Chameleonaire. And after I heard White and Nerdy, I was like, I'm going to listen to Chameleonaire's whole right. discography. So, That's true. <laughs> so, you know, he, he does have that effect. Yeah, you think about kids. I found out when I first listened to Weird Al, there were artists I found out about because I heard the Weird Al song first. Dude, I hear that story from so many people about like, what was the first album you got? Oh, it was Weird Al. And you might not know who the original artists are at that point. You're a little kid. So I don't know. Hey, Lex, you were saying that you had some other beef with Daniel Powder. What 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 was your beef? My beef is that, well, apart from like the overuse of the falsetto, which I do agree with. I, and I also agree with the fact that like when you say like his songs don't rock, like I agree with that. They're just like not bangers, you know, and, and I get it. It's, it's like e- even emotional songs can be bangers and like. Bad Day is, like, as close as it gets to that. I think, like, my biggest problem with him is that, like, even as a kid, I couldn't understand what he was talking about, even after looking up the lyrics. So I looked up the lyrics for all of these songs, and I was like, he's not very good at writing lyrics. No. And that's my problem. That's my biggest problem with him, because lyrics are really important in my head uh, for like you know music that I listen to and like I think he's a really great songwriter like composer but when you really like squint your eyes at what he's talking about like words wise even bad day even bad day yeah when I was getting the lyrics set up on my notes because I always put the lyrics in the notes just in case we want to like analyze them Mm -hmm. and for a song like this that I've heard a billion times I don't remember any of these words until the chorus comes up and i know that i've listened to this song like a million times like they are some of the most forgettable verses that we have ever discussed on this show yeah yeah and like i don't you know when you think about bad day as a song like you 
what's the purpose of the song or like what's the kind of general zeitgeist ethos of the song people kind of think of it as like oh you had a bad day but like you know the, here's the song to like cheer you up right and then you look at what the song's actually saying it's like is it actually saying that i can't really tell like you're talking about someone who's like you know faking a smile with the coffee to go right yeah so, so there's that and people can relate to faking a smile or like pretending that you're okay but it doesn't really have any encouraging message yeah he's just kind of like yeah no your day sucked yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't know Here, th- this is one of my issues with this song is if you're having a bad day is this the song you're gonna listen to because that's what you're you're going for but i could think of a li- i could probably think of 500 songs off the top of my head that I'd rather listen to if I'm having a bad day. You know, whether it's an angry song, whether it's a song that's going to put me in a better mood. This isn't doing any of those. What mood is this song? It is the mood of getting kicked off of a reality singing competition. (laughs) That is is why it works so well on that show, because that is the only time that this song has made sense with the footage that it was put over top of. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. Okay, Lex, once again, you were young. And so you were hearing things on the radio or whatever. And when you're young, yeah, I listened to songs that were on the radio too that I wouldn't necessarily like now. But what adults were listening to this song and loving it? Are you saying only people getting kicked off of American Idol were listening (laughs) to this song? 
this went all the way to the top of the charts, so people were definitely listening to this song. I think it's that it's people who kind of took away that like surface levels message without really looking at what the lyrics were saying. You know, they took away the the message that oh. You're having a bad day, but it's okay. Like, you know, you're pretending to be happy, but it's okay to be sad. When a lot of people listen to, you know, something that's so overplayed on the radio, they don't really look I guess the whole it. song is just that one line. So you had a bad day. People are like, yeah, I'm having a bad day. And this this song happens <laughs> yeah. to be playing. Num- I'm, I'm yeah. calling in. Yeah. Vote, voting it up to number one. Chris, we've talked about this before on the show. And, and I feel like Lex will also fall into the same category as us. But like... We're all people who care about an album, right? Like we yes. want to like digest an album. But Absolutely. I feel like the masses, like my parents are radio people. They have not cared about someone's new album in 30 years. Like as long as I've been alive, they have never bought any album that wasn't a greatest hits record. So like Bad Day is for those people who are driving around with their serious radio listening to The Blend or whatever like radio station is just like here's the top 40 hits from the 80s 90s and 2000s and they're gonna like drum along on the steering wheel and and just sing the first two three lines of the chorus that they know and then move on with their lives but like that's not us yeah i mean the weird thing is that like i ended up getting daniel powder's album from pirate bay and listening to it I, I let me check something i might actually physically i might own a physical copy of this album oh really <laughs> yeah no i have i have this album when we start this podcast when i would i would go to use cd stores and look for one hit wonders albums in like the dollar bin and this was in there so i grabbed it in case we ever did an episode on them do you have a spreadsheet of your CDs, Matt? How do you know this? I, well, I have a spreadsheet of my CDs, yes, but I also am sitting on the computer that they're all uploaded into. So I just <laughs> searched his name, and if only Bad Day was on there, then I knew I downloaded the song, but it was all 10 tracks, so I bought this album. Can I go off on a tangent for a second here? Can I bring it back to American Idol for a second? <laughs> sure. When I, I, I misunderstood it first, and I thought that Daniel Powder was like one of those people that was a contestant on American Idol but didn't win but then had a hit. But then I looked at who the winners of American Idol are. And it's hilarious. (laughs) Like these people are supposed to be American idols, right? Yeah. These lists of definitely my idols, such as Trent Harmon and Nick Fradiani and Maddie Pop. None of these people actually won. No, no, no. Wait a second. I have a list of the winners up here. Look, I'll tell you right now. The first winner ever. Yeah. This one counts. Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Okay. Second season two. No, no Ruben Stutter. Clay oh. came Ruben in second Stutter. place. Oh. <laughs> Third year, Fantasia yep. Barino, mm-hmm. who I kind of know who she is. Fourth, okay, you know her, Carrie Underwood. Yep. Then, then here we go. It's just trash after Carrie Underwood as far it's, as winners. <laughs> it's the, here, I, I'll go down the list. Taylor Hicks. Yep. Jordan Sparks. Yep. David Cook. Yep. Chris Allen. Chris Allen. Mm-hmm. Lee DeWise. Scotty McCreary, Philip Phillips. Oh, yeah. I forgot Philip Phillips was an American Idol. I actually really like Philip Phillips' music. Yeah, (laughs) me too. Like, I really (laughs) like his songs. I don't know. I don't know these people. How do I not know? I think I've heard of Jordan Sparks, actually. But Candace Glover. Oh. 
Caleb Johnson. Oh, okay. Yeah, got it. Got it. I see the issue here because I stopped watching after Philip Phillips. So that makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> and Scotty McCree is actually like pretty famous in the country scene. Uh, but like none of us are like super, super into like the country scene. But if you ask any country fan, they'll know who he is. Philip Phillips kind of was the big indie rock success. Yeah. He's like every indie film you watch has like a Philip Phillips song somewhere yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed watching that season and also the season before that. Like, I don't know if y'all know um, Haley Reinhardt from season 10. Um, she ended up going on Postmodern Jukebox and currently has a like jazzy type career. I did not realize that she started with American Idol because I love yeah, Postmodern Jukebox. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Yeah, she's great. All right. Yeah. So anyway, I like that tangent. It was great. <laughs> yeah, for 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 how big of a show it was or whatever, I don't think the percentage of these people be, that become stars are necessarily. Uh, it seems like a low percentage. It seems like about fifteen percent of them that win this entire big competition actually have big careers. I guess as Scotty McCreary's a country guy. I guess I've heard that name. Anyway, back to this. It's pretty interesting to me that first of all, Alvin and the Chipmunks covered this song. Yeah. Wow. So that's a that's cool. I'm, oh, I, so Daniel Powder allowed oh, wow. Alvin and the Chipmunks to do a song. <laughs> he learned his lesson. So the second Alvin and the Chipmunks called him up, he's like, yup, go ahead, do it. <laughs> At the time, March 30th, 2006, weird time for the charts, Matt. Matt always sends me like, what's on the charts? In the top 10 at that time, Bubba Sparks, Miss New Boo yeah. was number what? nine. I don't know you that song. You know that song, Chris. It's the one that starts with booty, 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 rocking everywhere. Oh. <laughs> like, oh. oh. Okay. Yeah, I do know that song. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize it was Miss New... I didn't realize it yeah, was Bubba Sparks. I found Sparks. you, Miss New Booty. Okay. I guess I just know the booty part. <laughs> Natasha Bedingfield, Unwritten, yeah. which I'm sure if I heard it, I know it. No, that song's pretty in the consciousness of people who are around during that time. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then a song that I would actually associate a lot with this song, James Blunt, You're Beautiful. Which (laughs) I would associate that song with this time. Which this was a rough year for Weird Al Yankovic because (laughs) he also did a parody of You're Beautiful. He got approval to do from James Blunt to do a parody of You're Beautiful called You're Pitiful and recorded it, was on the track list, shot a music video, and then right before the album came out, James Blunt's record label threatened to sue if he released it on the album. Jeez. You know so much about Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Weird Al has had a... The last couple of years, I feel like Weird Al has been propelled. I feel like society decides like, hey, yo, this person's been awesome for a long time. Now we all realize how awesome they are and we're putting them on a pedestal. I mean, it's happened to Dolly Parton recently. I remember when it happened with Bob Ross. I remember when it happened with the Crocodile Hunter. Um, Obviously, Mr. Rogers, that was happening for a while. But there's just these people that whether people realize it or not, you know, it's like everyone at once just goes, oh, wait a second. That person's amazing. And uh, I feel like Weird Al kind of got forgotten for a while there or was like a little bit not cool for a while. Yeah, he was cool, you know, uh, Amish Paradise. But between Amish Paradise and like recently, I feel like he had like a dip in how cool people thought he was. Probably not you, Matt, but I feel like society. I think it honestly was was white and nerdy was the big was the big thing because Chamillionaire was so vocal about how much he loved that song and was like impressed with that song kind of put him back on people's 
maps. It's interesting to me that Weird Al played in, I live in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. It's like 40 minutes from Pittsburgh. And Weird Al in the past, I don't know, decade or so, played in Greensburg, and I didn't go to it. (laughs) What? Like, I would be the first person to buy tickets right now. I loved Weird Al as a kid. I feel like I kind of went along with society, too. I was like, I don't give a shit about Weird Al. Like, but now I'm like, damn, Weird Al's like the greatest. Hopefully he'll come back to Greensburg. But uh, yeah, Daniel Powder, how we feel about that, Daniel Powder? Lex, how do you feel about him now? You liked him as a kid. Mm-hmm. You go deep on him. You had the album. Yeah. You still feeling it? You still Well, it? yeah, I, I kind of revisited the album and, and also some of the other. Uh, I also listened to some of like Under the Radar, which was his follow up, which really went under the radar. <laughs> do I like it? Yeah. I think I still like it. I don't have this like, you know, it's mostly nostalgia, but I don't and I don't have I didn't have this like, yeah, I'm hooked on this type thing because I really was hooked on songs like, you know, Lie to Me and Jimmy Get High or whatever. But now I listen back to to it and I'm like, yeah, this is nice and it's chill and it's kind of like it's not really like lounge music, but it's like singer songwriter stuff. And I I guess I'm not as passionate about it as I was when I was a kid, but yeah, I think it's all right. Still giving him a thunder. Is that is that count as a thunder? Is that count as like a light drizzle? (laughs) (laughs) It counts counts as thunder, thunder off in the distance or something. Yeah, sure, sure. Let's say that thunder off in the distance. (laughs) All right. Yeah, Matt, how do you feel about Daniel? Now, before I give my comments, I do want to say because I do like to celebrate this stuff that. Daniel Powder had a really rough thing happen to him when he was a child that led to a lot of drug and alcohol abuse, and he's put in a lot of work to to get clean and sober and does a lot of great benefits for uh, people who are also trying to get sober, and I think that that is awesome, and that yeah. should be celebrated. Good work. Still very much a blunder. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think Daniel Powder, the guy, seems like he's probably cool i mean bad judgment on the weird owl thing but but otherwise like he seems like a really down-to-earth guy for the most part um i mean something that chris you and i have talked about that we do love is guy hasn't had a hit in om- nearing two decades but still is like out there writing recording and touring to the best of his abilities regardless which you know is is always at least a little bit of a thumbs up in our book versus the People who just straight up call it quits when they have that opportunity. But yeah, I just, this song doesn't really hit. I agree with you, Chris. Like most of his music, it's it's wallpaper to me. Like it's very forgettable. It's mm-hmm. just kind of there. And then, yeah, I mean, you, you can't, you can't say no to Weird Al and expect me to give you a thunder. Not not super <laughs> fan Weird Al, Matt Kelly over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we, we got a thunder and a blunder so far. So I guess I'm, I'm the decider here. Yeah. I think it's cool if he's still making music. I respect that. He's obviously pretty good at, I'm assuming he's playing piano on those tracks and he's a decent singer. I don't like his style. If I'm going to listen to a singer songwriter, there's probably an infinite amount of singer songwriters I'm going to listen to before I listen to Daniel Powder. The Weird Al thing was like you said, Matt, I agree. The biggest blunder, you know, we're like 110, 120 episodes into this podcast, probably the biggest 
blunder of an act and he even realized it was a blunder and tried to <laughs> and tried to go back and be like no no do it and i i think he's going to be kicking himself even more when later this year a weird al biopic comes out with daniel radcliffe playing weird al and weird al's at the peak of his career and he could have been like damn i could have had a song parodied by the most famous guy in the world anyway just not digging the music and i just don't think there's it's wallpaper is a good way to put it matt it's just it's just what's on the radio at the doctor's office and it's just not not ever something I would want to listen to. I'd say it's a blunder. I would say Daniel Powder should be thanking his lucky stars to have had that hit. You know what? You got- I respect that opinion. <laughs> what do you got going on Lex I heard you got some stuff going on yeah very exciting I'm gonna be going on tour nice where's the first date first date is in Baltimore you know so many cities lots of people ask me like oh yeah where are you going I'm like all over all over dude (laughs) very excited about it it's gonna be my first tour in two years uh I'm touring with my friend Shaver the Dark Lord we've toured together and it's always been a great time and uh, yeah, anyone listening to this should take a look at and see if I'm coming to your city or a city near you. I've got a website with all of the dates listed. Uh, I can talk about it here. It is thelexiconartist.com slash tour dash dates. Uh, so nice. if you go to my <laughs> website, you will see all of the facts and yeah if you want to shoot the shit with me about how much uh, i have nostalgia for daniel powder's bad day please feel free to do so she walk out on stage to it. <laughs> just... that's so that's so funny you'll get people, you'll get people yeah just pay just pay tribute <laughs> so to your funny. two appearances you enter the stage to bad day you leave to gundam style and i think that that would really <laughs> bring the house down i love that I love that. Both songs that I have strong nostalgia for. Congratulations. You have just won a complimentary stay to Marriott Hotels. Press 1 to claim your reward. Well, it's Saturday night and I'm looking a bone. Got a booty call on deck, but I don't live alone. I got this has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Ophalios of the band's Punchline Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Hotel Bed by this week's guest, Lex the Lexicon Artist. Her tour dates are linked in the show notes. Make sure you don't miss her if she's coming to your city. The tour kicks off tomorrow. Do you want to start a podcast? Contact Chris or myself at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Do you wish that your song was being played underneath me? Then contact me at matt at geekscape.net and we can make that happen. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. listening to the Geekscape Network. 
Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now on Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.